Here we go. Folks, this is your host Cameron Ivy of Privacy Please, and thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final episode of 2020. Thank God that it is the end of 2020. Um, <laughs> with me, as always, uh, my my friend and co-host, Mr. Gabe Gums. Gabe, how are you doing today? I am well. It's been it's been a year. It's been a year as you you put it out, and I mean a year. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? It's been a long year. I mean, a good year, up downs. How you do? How are you doing? Sideways, sideways, in, in and out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been one one heck of a ride, but man, I, I looking back, this has been an incredible year for uh, cybersecurity and for for our podcast. Uh, we've had some incredible guests and some of the people that we've met on, and just can't wait to see who we can get on next year. Um, so thank you, listeners, for for sticking with us and just keep you know spreading the word. So today. Today for our final episode, Gabe. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna go back in time, talk a little bit about 2020 data privacy predictions, uh, tales from a salty soothsayer, which we have that guest here, obviously, and we're gonna go over those those predictions that uh, that Gabe had earlier in 2020, and then we're gonna go over our top 2021 predictions. No, I I am the salty soothsayer indeed. <laughs> If anybody didn't get that, that's that's Gabe. He's Sooth. Extra salty. Because 2020 may be extra salty. It's true. It's true. Now, is that uh, Himalayan uh, pink sea salt? No, no, no. This is this is uh, this is this is that black dark. So what is what is that stuff called? It's like volcanic salt. Like yeah, this is volcanic salt. Where do you get that? Sulfury. (laughs) It's like sulfury and and yeah. If okay. you've never had like heavy sulfur salt, it's actually really good, super good. Okay, I didn't. Yeah. I've never had that before. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's go let's go back in time. Let's talk a little bit about those three predictions from 2020 and how they panned out. So, number one, infonomics, data as a business asset. Yeah. So, set the stage a little bit. So, we made these predictions late 2019, right? So, around the same time last year. Mm-hmm. And one the of the time. predictions that I made for 2020 was that uh, infonomics would enter into the vernacular of privacy and risk professionals and become a bit more of a widely practiced business uh, uh, approach, which is the monetization of, of data, right? Um, so for those, again, not familiar with the term, infonomics is the practice of viewing information data as an actual business asset and not merely as an IT asset or merely as a business byproduct. Uh, And I would say that this first prediction largely came true. Um, I see largely because I don't know that infonomics as a a word to define it 
has really uh, made its way into the vernacular, but the practice is certainly there, right? Um, data, not just as the quote, new oil, that's a bit debatable, but certainly as a business asset, we've seen that come to life. Uh, lots of organizations have begun building data asset inventories and data maps, data lineage catalogs, so they can understand that data as an asset. And so I'm going to put my first prediction in the it came true category if I'm wearing my uh we'll, we'll throw in a little uh sound effect there. Applause. Yeah. There Let's go. add applause to the uh to the video. <laughs> Win for number one. <laughs> um all right, so number two, uh differential privacy, sharing anonymous data. So, different the sharing of anonymous data. Well, there were a number of reasons why I really thought that when looking at the looking at the time in 2020, what what we'd be facing was a lot more data sharing. I, you know, I looked at it and, and highlighted that. Uh, well, it's a it's a census year, and so you know, from that perspective, there's a lot of public private data sharing that was going to have to occur. Um, from a census perspective, there's us as individuals sharing information with, with the government. There's, uh, you know, colleges and universities sharing information with the government as well. There's all kinds of data sharing initiatives. But, oh, boy, I did not see the plague coming. I don't know who did. That was not on my list. But the plague, a.k.a. COVID-19, a.k.a. Rona. Uh, vid. Vid. Yeah. 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 It goes by many names. The plague. The plague part the part 20, really, I mean, but the plague really brought about a lot more data sharing and anonymous data sharing, just as part of public health initiatives. Uh, there's a lot of public and private um, data sharing that had to occur in the sake of public safety. And everything from contact tracing to, 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 uh, to vaccine trials. I mean, the amount of data sharing that occurred in 2020 far exceeded even my wildest predictions. So we're going to go ahead and call number two uh, my my Nostradamus moment, if you will. Um, and hopefully hopefully I, I, I don't predict any any more pl plagues accidentally when we get to our 2021 predictions. <laughs> now, would you say uh, a, a big part of, of this with the, the anonymous sharing of data has to do with the the the, the increase of work from home as well, I would imagine oh, that that so that 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 played some role in it. Not not so much the anonymous part of it, but a lot more data sharing. Sharing, yeah. Now, as we we scattered the workforce all over the planet, uh, a lot of organizations weren't set up to use centralized cloud services at first, and so a lot of data sharing occurred in just in just the way that businesses had to operate in a dispersed setting. Um, yet another way data sharing increased. You know, my, my prediction specifically about anonymous data sharing was focused around the, the idea that we were going to have to find new and innovative ways of sharing data anonymously, aka differential privacy, so that we could share information about data sets without sharing the specific information about the individuals contained in the data sets. And that's really where we see, uh, again, you know, COVID bring that type of data sharing right to the forefront. Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll send another applause for, for, for that being uh, outstandingly correct. <laughs> so number three, 
privacy skills gap, uh, the myth privacy technology gap reality. Yeah. So, man, I think we went three for three here. So, the, are we two here, Harm? Well, I substituted <laughs> if one of them weren't filled with flames. I mean, like, otherwise, right. okay. Otherwise, I'd be sitting there cheering on, going, "Woohoo! I got them all! I, I nailed them all!" But you know, there's not a lot of joy in, in, in at least one of those. Right. Uh, and so, we've been talking about the the great cybersecurity skills gap for a long time, and that that skills gap. Uh, we, we we certainly recognize as being not enough human beings to fulfill all of the functions necessary to do everything in cybersecurity. I have for a long time railed against the skills gap and, and have stated that a lot of our problem is really rooted in the way we, we approach it from a technology perspective, right? We need to build better, more efficient technologies that allow privacy professionals to not just do their jobs more efficiently and better, but also so that we can introduce new uh, new levels of, of cybersecurity skills at the lower end of the spectrum so that everyone doesn't have to be a highly skilled cybersecurity professional. Well, what we saw in 2020 was that as things like more data sharing came, came into play in data privacy uh, it, with new data privacy regulations, what we saw is that uh, the privacy technology gap really started showing itself as well with regards to the privacy skills gap. A lot of folks have to get up to speed really quickly on all the privacy regulations and all the privacy operations around those regulations. How do we handle that data? Uh, how do we know where it is? How do we find it? What, what controls do we put on it? And so the privacy technology gap had to step up to meet that challenge. And oh boy, did it ever meet that challenge. We have now some 300 plus privacy operation technologies in the marketplace. And before I finish this sentence, some two new startups will have entered the arena to fill more of that gap. They, I don't have the exact numbers on me, but we can post it in the show notes. The, the amount of investments that we saw in the privacy technology space also is in the billions of dollars. Uh, so, you know, hundreds of new organizations entered to fill that gap and billions of dollars uh, entered the market as well to, to do so. So again, we're batting three for three on, on, on predictions here. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe some of those were simply inevitable. Um, but uh, ultimately, I, I looked around and, and I, I'm not sure that, that everyone wholly agreed with me. But looking back, I'd make the same predictions all over again. Well, of yeah. course, they were right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, okay. That rolls into our, our 2021 predictions and uh, I'll let yeah. you kick it off. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully try and do as well as I did with my 2019 again, without the plague, I'm going to, I'm going to try and, and, and reduce the amount of plague I bring upon, upon the planet. Um, but I'll build on my last prediction from 2019 and I'll say that privacy operations I think it's going to take center stage in 2021 and for a number of reasons. So breaches are going to continue to make headlines, but I think they're going to largely do so on the order of magnitude, similar to the FireEye and SolarWinds breach that has been in the news the last two weeks, which is to say, we're going to shift to talking about mega breaches, simply mega breaches and privacy operations will, will really take the stage in terms of the types of, of, uh, violations and breaches that, that we're, we're really going to be exposed to. So as the world recovers from the plague and we roll out vaccines and data sharing, we'll continue to drive digital businesses along with that public and 
private health initiatives around this recovery, how we manage privacy operations is going to shift the very nature of security op operations, given their overlap as well. So that's my that's my first prediction for 2021 is privacy operations is going to take center stage for a significant portion of 2021. That one definitely seems inevitable because just I the way like things have been going. I, 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 here's what I know about our industry, what our industry, the security industry. I'm going to divide it into its two parts from the privacy and the security. I've been in the infosec for going on 20 years at this point, some 19 or so. And, uh, and we have a way of kind of retreating into the things we know really well and getting really, especially when we're met with really big challenges. And, and again, if I can point to, again, these two significant uh, incidents in, in the last week or so, there will be a knee-jerk reaction to kind of retreat into some of our comfortable security spaces, but we're not going to be able to, to do that uh, comfortably with, with privacy operations banging on our door as well, too. Let's go on to number two. Yeah, that 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 does take me right to our, to my second prediction for 2021, which is non-traditional approaches to innovation and efficiency. Now, I am I am experienced chief innovation officer, so you know I think about I think about these things on a regular basis, uh, and it's very front center in my eyes, which is why you know as a prediction, maybe it's somewhat obvious to me, but innovation and efficiency are, are what I like to call friendlies, right? And that happens largely because innovation aims to achieve new outcomes and efficiency really benefits from routine. But when, when you, you strike that perfect homeostasis, when everything is well-balanced, there exists a coopetition between innovation and efficiency that allows for new capabilities to be introduced into the technologies that we bring to market. And I think a lot of traditional approaches to privacy operations, I'm sorry, a lot of non-traditional approaches to privacy operations, security operations are going to to uh, to introduce themselves uh, in 2021, and they'll be necessary as we further see that marriage of security operations and privacy operations. Right? Um, in some of our other conversations, you've heard me refer to this as PrivSecOps. Uh, maybe some others have heard me talk uh, in, in different forums also about security privacy operations centers, but that. That leveraging of all of the security operations, the skill sets and infrastructure that we've, we've gained over the last two plus decades will be leaned on heavily for all of the privacy operations. And we're going to see a lot of non-traditional approaches to innovation in that privacy technology space to achieve the, that a better balance and marriage between privacy and security and drive further efficiency, hopefully bringing down that very natural uh, friction that we do see between innovation and efficiency. Now, are you just referring to internal internally with companies? Usually those two operations don't really talk to each other. Normally so they're they separate. It's not that they don't talk to each other so much as... You, they talk to each other quite a bit. And in fact, if they don't, then things are really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really bad. It, it, it really goes at the heart of innovation requires being in an exploratory, an exploratory space. It's really living in problem spaces. I like to talk about it and, and, and finding new ways to achieve new outcomes. The challenge with new, new outcomes and new ways of getting new outcomes is you don't establish routines within that and efficiency 
is really driven by routine. Yeah. So there's there's just simply a, a natural, a very natural friction between the two. It's you can almost think of it as like gut bacteria, if you would, right? Like not all bacteria is bad. In fact, some bacteria is very good to maintain that homeostasis in the body that is uh that that is technology and how we we solve all these problems in the world. All right. I like it. Let's move on well, to number three. That that naturally brings me right to my <laughs> prediction. Um, organizations are gonna have to reset their responsibilities, risk, and rewards. So who is responsible for data security? That was a question five years ago that everyone was asking themselves and was a little challenging for some folks to answer. Well, is it the IT folks? Because the IT team, although they're responsible for the infrastructure where the data lives, they don't know what the data is. And they're like, well, I'm not responsible. Is it the security team? Because the security team's like, well, I'm responsible for securing the data. But again, if I don't know what the data is. I don't know what the right controls are to apply to it. Is it the data stewards, the data owners? Because they own the data and they create the data and they leverage it for business use. They look around and they go, I don't know how to secure it and or maintain the infrastructure. Is it now the privacy teams? Is it the lawyers? Because their job is simply understanding and interpreting the law so that they can make sure they're complying. So that was a question that was largely asked. Who's responsible for data security? Today, we know the answer. It's everyone. Everyone's responsible for it in some way. Well, who's responsible for privacy? That, that question bears a lot of the same knock-on question, but it equally bears a lot of the same knock-on answers, which is everyone to some degree is responsible for that privacy. But we're going to have to reset those responsibilities. So again, I talked about privacy, uh, privsec ops and, and security privacy operations. So we're going to see some resetting of, of, of responsibilities around security operations to include some privacy operations. The ability to protect data, for example, from being shared with a third party is going to naturally rely on the tools that we already have embedded in our security operations to restrict the flow of data to non-sanctioned third parties. That is simply going to become a, another function. That, that privacy operation function will become another function of the security operation function. So organizations are gonna reset their responsibilities. And along with that, they're gonna to have to reset the risk and rewards that go along with that, right? So where is our risk tolerance calibrated to? And how do we measure and reward good data privacy practices and organizations who exhibit good data steward practices? So my third prediction there is that organizations will reset, not just simply shift, but they're gonna reset responsibilities, risk and rewards around security and privacy operations. So that, that wraps up our, our 2021 data privacy predictions. Sounds like you were gonna you were gonna go with something there, Gabe. I was gonna look forward a year and, and say, you know, so we'll 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 hopefully have this conversation again in uh, in another 12 months and and see how uh, see how we did. I'm I'm hopeful that uh, the things that I just mentioned actually become reality. I, I see them becoming so, but I think it's mandatory and necessary for us to make great gains in all three of these uh, areas if we're going to better protect what matters to uh to quote our tagline around here um and so uh that's those are my those are my predictions for 2021 awesome i look forward to obviously doing this topic um at the end of next year and seeing what what happened where we are and hopefully like you said it'll be a better year it's got just as a world (laughs) um i think it will be and um uh, you know when things badly happen um, just gotta keep going and hope hope to get stronger everywhere so 
same thing with cybersecurity and, and what all companies are trying to do and adapt. And um, I think we're seeing that across the board. So um, thanks for thanks for the predictions, Gabe. And I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Soothsayer. Um, but uh, before we wrap things up, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, no, I want to I want to thank you for an amazing year of of Privacy Please podcast. And uh, for for all of our listeners out there, I, I want to be I want to give a, a special thank you to Cam for all of the hard work he does in the show, the pre production, the post production, the scheduling. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and uh, I think folks they, they they see the fun we're having in the show and and doing this with you. You really make it a lot of fun. So thank you for an amazing year. Thanks, Gabe. I appreciate that. And uh, obviously, you're you're well needed here as well. So can't do it out without each other. So thank you guys for, for listening and for sticking around and hopefully we can, we can continue to grow and, and continue this journey because it's just going to get even more exciting. It's never going to stop. So this is us signing off for 2020. If you guys have any questions, feel free to always contact us um, anytime, email, shoot us a message. Heck, give us some good reviews. That's, I mean, you know, Smash that helps. like button, smash that follow button. Yeah, smash that doing? like, follow, whatever they say, those cool kids, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, Gabe, thank you so much, man. And I hope everyone has a happy holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah. Um, just can't wait to, to see what's in store for 2021. That's it, that's it. Uh, yeah, happy holidays indeed. And we'll see you all next year. Cheers. Cheers.